Greetings and welcome to EHA Unplugged, the official podcast channel of the European Hematology Association, EHA. This is a special Lighting the Flame edition where we talk to some of our promising and active members in the hematology community. Our guests in this podcast series have volunteered their time to attend and facilitate the Lighting the Flame program where they mentor young trainees and medical students in their field of hematology. In this podcast series, they talk about their experiences in their field and give advice to those who are interested in becoming a hematologist. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Disclaimer, this interview was recorded outdoors during the Lighting the Flame workshop in Romania in a wonderful location next to the fields and forest. Therefore, you may hear some cricket noises in the background. So welcome to this uh, Lighting the Flame session. So we're going to uh, talk about how to get started with a research project, how to get funding, how to apply for grants, and how to develop your research project. So um, I'm Kirsten Kreunberg. I'm a professor of hematology from Basel in Copenhagen. I'm an MD-PhD, so I'm seeing patients and having a lab on the site. Um, and we have... I am Maria Paula Martelli. I am a, a hematologist as well as MD and PhD. I am um, the director of the Hematology Institute in Perugia University in Italy, and uh, I have also a laboratory research laboratory, translational research laboratory on acute malaria leukemia. Yeah. I'm Simona Valletta. I'm a group leader at the University of Manchester. I'm the lead of the Leukemia Stanislavich School. And I'm just selling this, I'm just like, I don't know, I, I have a PhD in the And I'm Anastasia Conti, a tenure postdoctoral researcher at the San Rafaele Teleton Institute for Gene Therapy in Milan, Italy. And uh, I'm a PhD and uh, um, I'm working uh, on a gene therapy field and also in uh, acute myeloid looking uh, to know better the molecular mechanism behind this pathology. Thank you so much. So I think to start up with this, so so if you are a young a student or, or, or early doctor, how, how did you, how should you come up with a research idea? Should you come up with your own idea? Should you go and contact um, a PI? What would you be your suggestion? Um, so the idea, I think that come, uh, comes um, during uh, your um, experience uh, that you have um, either uh, taking care of the patient and uh, uh, follow the outcome of the patients uh, with, uh, with a cancer or anyway the uh, um, hematological and malignant, so other uh, diseases that you follow and you, um, and you start to uh, make a question to yourself why the patient is not uh, responding well to the therapy, why the patient uh, um, had um, uh, higher toxicity than uh, the other, and the others are going uh, very well. Uh, so uh, you start to make um, the questions uh, and uh, that uh, everybody is, uh, is doing, and then you try also to find uh, an answer. And the uh, collaboration of people uh, around you to try to get a, an idea and, and uh, probably also by <laughs> yourself it can, it can care by yourself observing a phenomenon for example that is happening 
in the in the bone marrow of a patient uh, while um, he doing uh, or she is doing a, a particular target therapy, for example, um, or uh, vice versa. Um, if you work in the in the laboratory, you see um, uh, something that uh, uh, at certain point you connect to. Uh, to a clinical situation, uh, uh, yes, this is at least my experience because I am a, a physician, a medical doctor, and uh, a, a doing research in the laboratory. So, so uh, I, both yes, yes, I did. I from the bench to the bedside and vice versa. Yeah. So the ideas comes uh, on both uh, sides. Yeah, but for a young person, would that be so easy? Or would you be guiding the young person, please think? Um, the young person need a guide, of course. Need a, a, a mentor. Yeah. yeah. Need uh, to make mistakes also. To have the experience and make mistakes. Yes. Um, to have the freedom also, a little bit. Uh, to, to, to work. And not uh, only uh, to to do what the NBI did think. And it has a I do own ideas to be in. Yeah. So what do you think? I think I'm not an MD. So, so I have an idea of the career of the scientist. And I think obviously you do your bachelor and then during your master and mostly during your PhD, you know what's happening in the lab. You start working on something. And in that case, it's basically you decide maybe the topics, but then you work in a lab and the idea comes from the PI. And I think during the PhD is the time when you really think and have an idea of what you are interested in. Then that idea becomes, you know, the topic that you want to work on also later on. And then at that point, you can decide to develop your idea and get in touch with the PI that is kind of covering that field and say, you know, I may try to find some funding and come there, but I would like to work on this, this and that. And that's very interesting because you are coming with an idea. But you can also just contact someone that is working in that field and say, you know, I've seen you work in AML and I've seen that you work in microenvironment. Would you have some space for me to work? Which are the projects that are available? So I think it's like, you know, it can have different parts, but they, you need to pick something that you are interested in. Yeah. Because then this is the lead that's going to drive always. Basically, yeah. that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Actually, as a scientist, uh, I also th- think that uh, um, maybe during the master degree, you have the chance to um, to find, uh, I don't know, something that uh, particularly interests you during uh, your classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what happened, at least uh, uh, to me. And uh, uh, then, uh, so if you like the professor and like the topic, uh, maybe it can uh, drive you to the decision of, I don't know, attending uh, the lab of that professor, for example. And so I think the first choice, uh, it comes from that. Then I agree with Simona, after the master, maybe you are more conscious of what is uh, uh, the, the normal and uh, daily life. Maybe you uh, become more conscious also about the science beyond your project. And so you are able to distinguish if you really like uh, what you are doing or you have many possibilities also attending congresses and meeting more people to see, okay, maybe I like actually what I want and I want to 
have a deeper uh, background on it, uh, or I want to change, uh, or maybe attending another lab uh, or uh, something like this. So yeah, the first choice, uh, at least for my experience, uh, is based on what you uh, are interested in during your classes. Yeah. And then uh, and it's a flow from that. Yeah. I think we're already touching about it, but, but, but once you've chosen your subject, and then how, how will you develop a project? I mean, what's, what's the important things to take in? Uh, to develop a crowd, yeah, you know. Um, I think uh, that uh, you have to have clearly in mind your question. So the biological question, uh, uh, considering uh, uh, PhD uh, pro training, let's say, um, that uh, it's really behind uh, your uh, research project. Uh, and so this is the key for me. Then, uh, of course, uh, you will have tools that can support you in uh, addressing what uh, uh, what is your uh, biological question. And then, uh, yes, uh, maybe also the sharing of ideas with other guys uh, in your laboratory during conferences will also guide you in pursuing the project, extending techniques, uh, new approaches. But yes, the key for me, at least, uh, is uh, the biological question has to be clear and precise. And uh, this is what I said also yesterday, uh, because I had this topic, so how to get <laughs> your first research project, right? And uh, yeah, and also I think the, another important stuff is the support that your PI and supervisor can give you. Oh yeah. Because uh, of course, uh, maybe you have clearly in mind the idea, and I agree, especially during a PhD or master training, uh, um, basically the idea that the, the beginning of uh, the project uh, um, is by your uh, supervisor. So the continuous sharing of uh, what you are saying, the results you have with the supervisor also are um, key in developing the project. Yeah. So what do you think? Developing research ideas. You mean you, you, the yes, yeah, so develop, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, I'm an idea, no, what to develop yeah. a project, but. I think it's kind of, you need to have in mind, yes, which is your question, a uh, big question, what you want to address. You need to read what has been done in the field, because obviously you want to... And so what is the background and not repeating also. Yeah. <laughs> what people have done already, what yeah. people have done and didn't work. So you yeah. want yeah. to try yeah. to find the right methods, the right approach, and maybe something new using new technologies. You know, it's we need to be updated with everything basically it's going on. And that just prepare like up things that you want to do and follow you know yeah. I think everything starts probably from preliminary data that you have and then you get the direction. We know that in science you get the direction and then maybe and then it's you not what? <laughs> and you change completely. So, but at least at the beginning you have a plan. The yeah. plan may change. If yeah. I am going to do this, this, this and that and then this is coming out. Probably that will not be the outcome. But having a plan at the beginning yeah. is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what has been done already, because yeah. you know you want to finish with something that you can publish, that you can present things yeah. that is something that is interesting. Feel forward, yeah. That yeah. then yeah. helps you going on yeah. and uh, extend the knowledge or yeah, yeah. 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 So, so what about because it's a little bit different maybe with what we are doing like translational research. What so how do we well develop those projects? I mean. Um, I think that is not so much uh, different uh, uh, to to plan uh, your uh, your research uh, when you have uh, an idea. Um, you can have uh, different uh, different issues. Uh, if you have a clinical research, uh, then uh, a, a laboratory research with uh, um, do um, uh, anyway you are. Uh, uh, 
Um, you have to address uh, like ethic issues that are very important uh, and see whether uh, your AI is compatible with uh, ethic issues uh, for patients or any way you want to use of uh, particularly patient sample. Uh, yeah. But uh, um, the, the process is uh, the same, absolutely. Um, I agree that the literature um, background is uh, fundamental and um, you need to use that uh, literature, your, that background to demonstrate that your idea is uh, new, is innovative, yeah. and uh, that your idea goes to fill the gap that uh, you have in the, in the field of the research. So uh, also in writing, <laughs> for example, your proposal, uh, when you have uh, an idea and want to get funded, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you need to, uh, to, to propose the, the literature that support your idea as sort of innovative. Uh, innovative. Yeah. And then the plan is, uh, is uh, difficult because it, uh, it, um, uh, it, uh, I mean, it requires experience. Uh, so um, you can ask help of uh, your uh, supervisor or uh, your colleagues. Uh, it is very important uh, to have a discussion, sharing yes, the idea. And um, uh, have also a judge from uh, other uh, um, people. So thinking, so so if you should advise you or maybe so, somebody wanted to start a PST or analysis, what what would you say to them that they should expect during this this period they go? I mean, it's when you if you want to prepare them a little bit. Um, I mean, they come very happy now. I'm starting my research project. Um, <laughs> so. Um, my advice is uh, that uh, they carefully um, decide in their research project, actually, because a PhD is a, a period of training that, depending on the country, is uh, three, four years, in US, six years. So I think that, that the basis they have to be uh, convinced of what they are, they are uh, deciding, and the project, of course, will be the project that most likely they will follow for at that time. Yeah. So uh, they have to be very convinced at the beginning. Then another thing that I have to say is that, uh, of course, uh, um, as uh, the girls were saying, uh, research is uh, made most, uh, most, uh, uh, most of the time with failures, let's say, is with science exactly, yeah. in general. So they have to be um, motivated, uh, resilient, persistent, and actually, <laughs> they have to be trained for this. And uh, also have clearly in mind that science is also made of collaboration. So they have to be, um, they have to have a team, team working attitude, uh, to be prone to collaborate, uh, also to travel. Uh, because uh, the, I think the, the great thing of science is that uh, we are uh, continuously uh, sharing ideas with other people. I don't know if they want, if we want to uh, move to another lab to uh, learn some techniques that we can go. So yes, they have to be ready what uh, um, the PhD will be actually. Yeah. So feedback to someone that wants to start the PhD. Yeah. Um, you say expectations. I think whatever you can expect, you know, a PhD is never, you cannot predict what's going to happen. No, I mean, it's a unique journey, and I think it's fun 
and not fun sometimes, but you need just to enjoy your journey that is yeah. going to be unique, you know. No one has the PhD that is exactly like the other one. Uh, it gives you a lot of, you know, good things, traveling, networking, science. Sometimes you have a bad day, good day, it doesn't matter, but um, it's, you know, enjoy it. It's very important, but just decide strategically which is the lab where you want to be because you know you are investing a lot of your time in a phd you want to kind of that's something you can look at that is deciding which lab you want to do the phd it's three years four years as she was saying so you know you can enjoy the path but if you can at least look at something is you know strategically and be yeah. sure that you're gonna have a good environment to find a good place and relationship with your mentor or PI is very important. It's gonna you know, it's gonna be there every day. So these are the things that but I don't expect anything. Everything can happen. It's just, yeah. just start it and enjoy it and then yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree with my data of course because uh, also for my experience I did that because I um, I went for a PhD, um, thinking to do uh, something, and then I realized that I was uh, doing uh, something else. So that made the idea and uh, the plan completely to your your plan because anyway it is uh, a, a very good experience because you start to deal with what the research. Uh, the bench research uh, is uh, the the question of the research are uh, so whether you do basic research or you do more translational research the approach anyway to the work and what uh, you uh, how you grow is uh, is important yeah, yeah. Uh, for example i did a phd in, in uh, lymphocyte cell signaling so very basic mm-hmm. um then uh, I uh, am doing a translational research on uh, acute myeloid leukemias. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all that I learned uh, was a really, really important yeah. the method. So you be yeah. using this as a method. So don't be scared if uh, you change, uh, for example, the topic of your research at certain point in your life. It's uh, everything it was useful for that. I actually think this is also a very interesting discussion because, you know, I have colleagues that say, oh, it's a waste of time to do of MD, right? That's a waste of time to do a PhD. I mean, you're not going to, to... Do you think it's a waste of time even though you don't get the nature paper or blood paper? Maybe you gain us more. Absolutely. I think I had a, a very yeah. uh, huge experience. He shapes you like as a scientist, you know, it's a training. It's a, it's a training. It's, training. it's an education, right? That's, it's an extra education. That makes you understand how science works, how to approach, that things may not go as you predict, you know. It just shapes you as a scientist. Yeah. And, you know, it's that. I, I even think as a doctor, no, I'm, I mean, I yeah. even think as a doctor because, you know, you have a different way maybe of seeing the, uh, yeah. the new drugs coming yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you can critically uh, evaluate yeah. really? how understand the diagnostic process yeah. that are uh, yeah. more and more complex. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that and is real. So I can see the difference between yeah. okay. uh, medical doctor that uh, do not have experience in the laboratory. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they have uh, difficulties sometimes to interpret in the uh, results of the diagnostic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
they're more dependent. Uh, so, and of course, I think I think uh, there's the space for everybody. It's not. I mean, it's also good. I mean, if you see patients every day, you might also um, be better at that. But I think I think it's so important that we at least have some in the departments of hematology really spend in, important time also. Yeah. I think it's uh, very good because uh, actually if you have uh, a clinical background and education and you can also combine it with a PhD, basically you are able to understand the molecular mechanism behind the disease, you know perfectly the disease phenotype and so maybe you can also have uh, uh, the possibility to decided decide how to move, uh, being more cautious of what we eat the family. Uh, maybe also get, also get good ideas, in a way. Yeah, that you can then discuss in the basic yeah. sciences. <laughs> That's my of view. Of course, yes, yes. <laughs> but for sure, you have a broader, I don't know, background. So, yes, this can help you. Different background. Yeah. Yeah, but so so how would, so what would you say to the old person? How would the person know it was a good idea for, for this person to do a PhD? I mean, what would be your advice, though? Should I do a PhD or should I not? What would be? How should I find out? If but so you mean uh, for a, a master degree in a personality or an MD? Uh, Every both. And you can say but then you can take the master and you can take the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think that uh, for a master student, uh, actually, it's the, uh, the right uh, um, the right way to complete the, the education yeah. training yeah. and basically. So in this case, no matter where they want to work afterwards. Yes, yeah. uh, yes, I think so because uh, yes, after the master degree is actually, from my point of view, it's better to uh, complete your uh, educational training with a PhD. Yeah. Uh, just also to understand if uh, you wanna continue in this uh, path, or uh, if, uh, for example, you are not interested in it, and so maybe. You, there is something uh, outside for you, yeah. uh, but um, I think that um, for sure the PhD is a, a period of your life in which you can um, grow up, mm-hmm. but not just scientifically speaking, but uh, also as a person. Yeah. Uh, because uh, yes, it, this is I think a training also for your personality. In yeah, there's so many different aspects. Exactly. Because it's actually a training. It's yeah, it's a training, but uh, not only becoming more cautious about uh, what is science uh, and so to be more confident in what you are doing, uh, professionally speaking, but also uh, personally speaking, because uh, you have to face many traumas during the journey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you have to, yes, to spend uh, several years in this uh, uh, in this training. And uh, as uh, we were discussing, uh, most of the time, uh, you have to face uh, something that is not uh, what you expected. But uh, overall, I think uh, it's, uh, personally speaking, also a great experience of life that I strongly recommend. So, so should nobody just do a master's and uh, go in the industry? Or, I mean, is it, what do you think? I think it depends a lot on your long-term plan yeah, because it's a very good experience that makes you grow ahead. But sometimes it's not required. You're able for something yet. You want to make sure you use your time to the best. So if you think you actually don't want to stay in academia or the PhD is not really needed or, you know, you are not done to do a PhD yeah, yeah. because it's also a personal choice. You yeah. know, I can tell you what you can expect and you can tell me, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think that's not for me. That's absolutely a choice. Yeah. We can suggest and we can share experience, but then you are going through that for four years. So I think if you want to do 
if you know that you want to be in academia, and sometimes also if you want to change and be in a company, having a PhD is very important. Yeah. Yeah. As a scientist, it gives you a lot because yeah. you learn basically everything during your PhD. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, key. But if you think that's not going to be useful for you and you don't really fit with the academia world, with being in the lab all the day, with being, you know, a bit stressed, you are not really coping with someone telling you what to do and things that don't work, maybe that's not the right way. Just follow what you think is the right way. And, you know, there is not just one way to get. It would be very... To get to the, absolutely, you know, you can have a goal, just try to get to what you get you there and it's not, you know, something that you have to do. If you think that's the best thing to, and also if you are doing a PhD and you think it's not the right thing, don't be afraid to to lose off. It. I mean, it's just... It's better to... Yeah, I... Never waste your time. Well, yeah, when I say you are, you have the freedom to decide to change direction, like we were saying about the topic, you have the freedom in this field. I mean, it's more challenging when you have a background in something else to change yeah. completely. But it's also rewarding. And the same is with the PhD. Maybe you realize at some point that's not life you want to do. Just change. You have the power to do that. Victor. So. But what do you think with the MDs? How many MDs should do a PhD in your department? <laughs> so uh, what would you advise? What do you advise? What's your... Uh, also for, uh, um, also of course, uh, with the uh, uh, medical doctor uh, in uh, degrees, uh, um, uh, you need uh, to um, uh, to be um, interested in uh, doing research. Uh, so um, not all the people are interested in doing uh, research. Um, just to be a physician, for example. Um, but for uh, for example, physicians that want to be um, also researcher, um, medical scientists, uh, um, I generally suggest uh, uh, at least um, for uh, how things are going in Italy to, per- to do before the specialization. Yeah. For example, to, um, if you have already decided that this is your uh, will be your life because uh, you have a passion for that. Yeah. kind of, uh, of studies, uh, so that then the PhD can be oriented to um, to the kind of research that uh, is in the field. When you know, you start to know very well, clinically, the um, the, uh, the pathology, the malignancies or whatever, the other pathology is adapted. Uh, you want then uh, to, to study, um, uh, to research on, and... Uh, and so on. So um, I suggest to um, my student, my uh, my students, to do the specialization, and then if they are interested, uh, we can offer the PhD. Also, they that all bad yeah, to the to the clinic and uh, decide whether to um, uh, do only uh, clinics or uh, try to do. Uh, most anyway, uh, there is uh, in, in the, the advantages that we discussed before to have an experience. So I don't know how it is in Italy, but 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 with us, I think it means a lot for the. I mean, they will sort of get to a higher salary at a later point, for example, if they do a PhD. I mean, is that anything you know? Are people aware of that, and does it play a role? Or 
Uh, so the PhD sometimes is uh, yes play a role, for example, for uh, the access to uh, some uh, position, academic position. Yeah. Uh, they uh, um, they give you points. Uh, so yeah. for um, um, associate professor, for um, yeah. assistant professor positions, yeah. and then yeah. there is a sort of studiality. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. to have a PhD uh, is. Uh, um, Mandatory or mandatory, yeah. more than the specialization. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it's right because actually there is a, um, it's an additional. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a, there's a training, sure. Yeah, sure. And also you need if you want to be a supervisor for other students. So, so no, no, I was actually talking about the other issue. At least where I come from, uh, you know, they will get much older before they get their permanent position because they're doing a PhD. And actually, some people think it takes too long time. It's, a, it's an interesting, but but the more I mean, it's it's an investment I think in the future. I don't know. If, yeah, it's an investment, yeah. and um, uh, to get the permanent position, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that it takes time. Exactly. So you can use time doing uh, specialization, uh, PhD, what kind of specialization, yeah. and so on. <laughs> then you can get yeah. the stable position. Yeah. Yeah, but also why I usually say to them, it's not about guessing the final position because it's a way getting there that's the most interesting, yeah. Yeah. as in my opinion, because once you're sitting there doing the yeah. same thing the next 30 years. And yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, I think we need to talk about another big issue for everyone that wants to do research, and it's how to get grants. So, so um, can you get some good examples? I mean, how, what can, how can you advise uh, with respect to where to search for grants and how to... Get grants also want to, to, I mean, you're probably also sitting in granting bodies. Uh, can you say a little bit about what's important about when, when you write grants? Uh, yes, I think uh, the most important thing is uh, just to know how to write. <laughs> so starting from this basic uh, point, um, and uh, indeed there are a lot of uh, grant writing courses, for example, so EHA will promote this, so this is the, the first step, I think. And uh, according to this, uh, also to ask, uh, for example, people that who have more experience uh, in uh, grant writing, how to do, yeah, or, did, uh, yeah. uh, or in the their uh, grant, uh, if uh, they share with you, also ask your supervisor. So yes, I think uh, sharing also in this case, it's very important. And then I think that is just a matter of experience, right? So uh, of course, at the beginning, uh, for sure, it will be uh, more difficult uh, to write uh, a grant and then to get it. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, along your journey, we'll be more confident in writing grants. Uh, and uh, so it will be easier. I think uh, grant writing and searching for funding actually is very, very important in our work. Uh, because uh, it takes a long time, yes. It's a long journey, yes, and I'm gonna it. But uh, yes, so actually it's something that a scientist, I think, should uh, and been to do uh, properly yeah. and uh, yeah uh, maybe my suggestion can be at the beginning uh, uh, it's better uh, to apply for small grounds uh, just yeah, to have true. more chance to learn how to write for sure but also I was thinking to, to, <laughs> yeah, to get uh, have more uh, chances to have success and then of course uh, also increasing the ability in writing but also maybe at an higher um, career stage with um, an ISTV, let's say, maybe it's uh, also good to apply for a bigger grant. Yeah. Yeah. 
I strongly believe in general in collaboration, so I also suggest to have uh, kickoff grants uh, or uh, collaborative sure. grants, uh, just uh, yes, to to be in touch also with other colleagues. Uh, and uh, good idea. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So some advice. That's true. I was doing this workshop actually, applying for the first grant. So I can tell you what I say. It's it's very important to know what you want to do. And then to look around to search exactly uh, funding bodies that are, uh, you know, that have money for coping. Once you know that you meet all the criteria and all the stuff, and there are people that can help. You know, in the university, there is the grant office. Just go there with your CP, with your idea, and they will help you to understand if you are at the right stage, if you have the right CB, if, you know, it's too yeah. soon, it's too early, they can... Uh, tell you and advise you on which are the grants that you are eligible for. And I totally agree that, you know, you don't need to kill yourself applying for a huge grant. That's the first thing. That's that's a work in progress. You know, more you do it, more you learn. Yeah. Um, there are, at least in UK, I think it is very well structured. There are, for example, fund priming where you can apply to just get 10K and cover some experiments that then you can use to generate preliminary data and apply for bigger grants. That's very important because when you're in a lab, you know, you need to have something yours. And that's the important thing you're saying there when you write a grant application, if you have some preliminary data, I mean, you already far ahead of many others, right? That's kind of one of the strongest things because if you have good preliminary data and the kind of sensible and, you know, logic proposal. Yeah. I think, you know, I was saying funders want to fund a project that will be successful. Yeah. Because you have good preliminary data and they go in that direction and you have a good plan to address that point. It was not easy, but it's going to be easier for you to be successful. Yeah. And then there are also early career fellowship. That means, you know, you can start writing something, just getting some money for yourself or to cover your salary. But this helps you in writing, so learning how to write. And also in your CV, you can demonstrate that you were, you know, uh, able to secure some funding that is very, very good when you then apply for it. Being short, exactly. Um, yeah. And feedback, you know, don't write alone, you know. No. I was saying, you know, you think you have a research idea, but then when you start writing, you realize how many things you didn't think about, uh, that maybe it's not really connected with what you were thinking or some kind of technique is not actually doing what you wanted to do. So it takes much more time than you unexpected. So you need to give yourself enough time to write and send the application around to senior people that you trust. Give them the time to read it, get feedback, so incorporate the feedback and send. Yes, do you have the sub kind of an internal review in your institution? Yes. Yeah. Um, we do, and I use it usually. Sometimes, you know, you are a bit too late. Yeah. <laughs> but just because for financial stuff and this kind of stuff, you need to send it one month before. That for me, yeah. a, yeah. a lot of time before. But I know that I have some people that I can yeah. send it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to send them the day before, but two weeks, three weeks yeah, before. Yeah. So they come in a week, yeah. I can come back, I can incorporate the feedback and then send yeah. it. But I would never send a grant without having to get feedback to a senior person that I really trust. Um, but it's a process, you know. I you need to start with something very big. You need to start step by step. 
So, yeah, this makes you also much more comfortable when you go. What about you? You have different types of grouts, maybe? Or? Yeah. Um, yes, I, um, I agree totally with uh, with them. And uh, um, I would uh, suggest that for the youngest, uh, also to offer themselves, but to help uh, the uh, mentor, the PI, um, to write. It. Yeah, so while you are helping, in the same time, uh, you are uh, you start to to learn, yeah, uh, and acquire experience, uh, and then uh, you have the feedback uh, with your uh, with your mentor. So um, it is very important also to uh, offer yourself uh, uh, in uh, writing, uh, um, in helping you run a writing grants yeah. uh, to your uh, uh, PI. Then when you have uh, your own idea. That is the starting point and uh, the preliminary findings. That of course, uh, you uh, you have to uh, try, uh, to find uh, the the grant that is better fit with uh, your profile uh, because this is very important. So really, very well the call. Yeah, 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 that he had said, <laughs> yeah, have some grants. Yes. Are you aware of them? Have you tried to apply to any of the plans? Uh, yes. Yeah. How was that procedure? And <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, no, it's um, very well organized. From my experience, uh, yes, I applied for the uh, EHA Advanced Research Grant this uh, year. And uh, yes, uh, basically, if you want to know the procedure, um, it, it's divided into different steps. I think, uh, and uh, this is uh, in line uh, what, uh, with what uh, Maria Paola was saying. Um, and the first step is uh, if you are eligible, actually, because yeah. you applied, but uh, sometimes uh, you you're the wrong. Sounds boss. Yeah. <laughs> so the first uh, the first step is eligibility criteria. Uh, if you fit with the call. Then the second step is uh, the, the internal revision on war grant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, with a committee, internal committee of uh, EHA members. And then um, if you are able to pass, uh, and basically you will have a score uh, to pass, uh, you are eligible for external revision. Yeah. And at the end, then if you are lucky enough uh, to pass also the third step, uh, yes, the final um, the final step is an interview. Yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so from my personal experience, it's very well organized. You know perfectly what you have to do. Uh, of course, it's competitive, but uh, yes, you can do it. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, um, this is so. So these these grants are obviously relatively difficult to get, right? I think we should yeah. shouldn't uh, sit here and say it's an easy. So no, I it's very competitive, uh, yes. Like, like many other grants. I'm thinking one last thing about grants. I think um, 
most of the grants that you apply to, do you show your CV and your name at so, or or is it blinded? You know, I know some have blinded. So at night for anything where you don't show your CV, your staff. I, I, I'm not. I think it's becoming more common that some some bodies do. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I have, I have the. I mean, I'm aware about the grants that EHA has, and yeah. we are working on a collaborative project to apply for the collaborative one. Yeah. Um, you know, to different places. You know, in Europe, and that's very good. We think we, we need to work on the preliminary data, but it's in the future. It's a work in progress. Um, I have a perspective from British point of view, so working UK and all. We are struggling a bit because of COVID and because of Brexit. I know to say it's an issue at yeah. that moment. Um, that's why I went for a starting package uh, position and a permanent position because landing landscape is very terrifying in this yeah. moment. Hello. Um, yeah. well, well, where I was going with these things about about the blinded thing is, do you think it matters? But ask more directly, does it matter that you are a woman applying? Do you think women get as many grants relatively as men? Uh, do you think uh, this is a gender issue? Is there a gender issue? I'm, I'm not sure there is a gender issue in dance. Um, I'm more aware that women may not apply for something sometimes because we feel less confident in applying if we don't meet all the criteria. So sometimes we are giving up ourselves. So it's actually yeah. us. We are not standing for ourselves. We're not fit up. Yeah. Yeah. If, if uh, we are not perfectly fitting with all the guidelines, maybe a woman say, okay, no, I'm it's not fine. eligible. And on the contrary, from my experience, my male colleague said, oh, no, okay, I try. My yeah, yeah, or exactly. I still yeah. can yeah. fit it different than mood, I think, no? So we also not good enough at pushing ourselves forward, is that? Yeah. I don't think there is a gender bias in that. I, I don't like to think that there is a gender bias. I don't like to think that either, but I, I, I was yesterday, you should read yesterday's Nature, there was a, a, an article about how that we are now just as many women as, as men in science, but the women do not get the, I mean, they don't, for some reason, get the best citations. They do not get us into the best jail. They do not, I mean, um, and there's also that's talking. a bias, right? We know we are aware of that. I don't know if it exists in the grants because then you know when you go for an interview, you know the outcome, but yeah. you don't know. You don't know. You, you, yeah, we, you don't know. You know the direction. I've been lucky enough to get two grants that were from two charities in UK. We are basically all funded from charity in UK, and I'm a woman and I got them. Um, so I, I, you know, you don't, you oh, haven't felt it yourself. I'm I not never, sure. Never, actually, I'm asking because I don't. I never felt as myself like in a different position. I read someone telling me you got the grant just because you were a woman. Yeah, yeah, we all have. And, uh, <laughs> and I need to say that this was not. I was like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? Um, I mean, I don't think it's true uh, that you know, it just so, some possible different feedback <laughs> and whatever, but. I feel like I've got what I deserved yeah. when I applied for things and or I've been lucky or things are improving hopefully. <laughs> With that, I think we uh, want to say thank you very much for participating in this very inter I mean, we could go on in another hour about it, but uh, <laughs> we need to stop here and uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.